0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, will you agree with what Travis Schlink had to say, talking to Jeff Schultz of The Athletic? I'm willing to move on from Collins, but it better be the right deal. And I'm going to rank my top three battles for the Falcons training camp coming up here next month. All of that today, it's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Good Tuesday morning. We welcome you to and Hard with John Chuckry here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We ask you to head over to youtube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. Find us. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. We are also free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey. When you find us, leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you think about the show. And of course, you can follow me on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. We get ready for Thursday and the NBA draft for the Atlanta Hawks. And I've said, look, I wish that we had free agency and, you know, the trades and all that that would really happen before the draft so that the Hawks could get all of that figured out. And whether that's moving a draft pick or not, then they could go in if they have a draft pick, go in and try to fit a specific need. But the way the NBA works, you have the draft first, and then we'll get into free agency. So Travis Schlenk spoke with Jeff Schultz of the Athletic here recently. And I thought he had some interesting comments because we've talked about on the show, the Hawks are involved in every trade in the NBA, right? Every Joe bag of donuts, every Mama Luke that's available out there, the Hawks are talked about as being in the mix. I mean, even for retired players, right? If Dwayne Wade was coming back into basketball, the Hawks would be involved in a trade that involves Dwayne Wade, right? That's where we're at with all this. Travis Link said, quote, we're the easy target president of basketball operations for the Atlanta Hawks. Quote, we're the easy target. Every rumor out there has the Hawks in it. It doesn't bother me. It's harder on the players than me. It's hard on the families. I talk to their agents and, or if they're in town, I talk directly and tell them, look, don't pay attention to what you read. I'll let you know if something is real. And I understand that. And, and there is a lot of white background noise when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks and what they're going to do this offseason. Because it was a disappointing year for the Hawks, and we've talked about on this show which way is that pendulum going to swing? Is it going to swing back toward okay, we're a legitimate contender in the Eastern Conference or is it going to swing toward and eh, maybe that was a fluke a couple of years ago, and we're still building things and we're not quite there yet and obviously I, along with a lot of Hawks fans and I think the Hawks too want to you know Tony wrestler specifically want to swing that pendulum back toward hey. We are a contender in the Eastern Conference. Now, when Travis Lank was talking about the roster and what they're going to do this year, this is one of the pointed quotes that he said, quote, it's not going to be a major overhaul. I think some people have assumed some things based on some of my comments or Tony's comments after the season. Now, Tony refers to Tony Ressler, the majority owner of the Atlanta Hawks. And I understand that. I also think, though, that when you talk about adding a star, superstar level caliber player, that is a pretty big overhaul. You know, a big, a a, a non-major overhaul to me means that we add a little piece here and we add a mid-level piece here and you add a mid-level exemption guy here. Adding a star is a major overhaul because most likely, and we'll talk about this, you know, here in a second, you're talking about you either going to have to trade assets or Max a guy out. That's a big overhaul, especially for this team who's going to talk about getting into luxury tax and things like that. So, while I understand exactly what he means, that we're not going to trade 10 guys away, blow up the roster, and start all over, adding a star with all the money and a few assets given up, that is a major overhaul. You know, if you're talking about giving up a Collins or a Hunter or a this guy and a that guy, well, those have all been the key pieces that have been part of trying to get this thing on track. Now you're giving those up and oh yeah, I gotta pay a guy 35, $40 million just to be here. That is a big deal. And that's gonna put your owner in the luxury tax. And if you do that, you better be ready to win right now. Now, Travis Schlink went on to talk about the idea of where the Hawks are at in building a roster and things like that. Quote, it's a lot easier to become a good team, a playoff team than it is to become one that contends for a title we feel we've become a competitive team but now we have to take the next step and those are difficult decisions if you make a mistake in the draft you can overcome that it's a two-year mistake if you make a mistake in free agency or in a sign and trade when you're giving somebody a four-year 150 million dollar contract that can be detrimental for a long time and i agree wholeheartedly with this now we've talked about being big and bold and i'm for that i'm for to quote Ronald Reagan, now is not the time to use pastel colors. Now is the time to paint with big, bold colors. I'm all for that. But it also has to make sense from, am I going to get better with this guy? If if I'm, when people talk about DeAndre Ayton, for instance, okay, that's the name that we brought up. Why would I want DeAndre Ayton? Well, you know, he's an coming. Okay, so let's look at this. DeAndre Ayton wants max money, four for 130 So I have to, Phoenix isn't letting him just walk away. He's the number one overall pick from a few years ago. You think they're just giving him up for nothing? Of course not, use your your brain. They're not giving him up for nothing. So I have to sign him to a max deal and I have to trade for him. So I give up guys that are already here that are trying to help me win to bring in a player that might not be a big upgrade from what I have. And if I can't include Capella into that deal, now I have to find a buyer or a trade partner for Capella and I'm paying Aiton twice as much money. I'm paying him $40 million a year. Same thing with Gobert. Gobert might be better defensively than, than what Clint Capella is. But again, the stats at the end of the day are one guy's a 14-14 player. One guy's a 15-15 player. And he's a better defensive player. But my problem wasn't being a rim – I wasn't a good enough rim protector. My problem is all those guys that stand around the three-point line can't guard anybody. I need a guy that when – we have a back-to-back, and it's Philly in New York, or put whatever two teams, on a Wednesday and Thursday night that Trey's got a tweaked ankle, he needs a night to sit off, I've got a guy who can go out and get me 25 and 5 that night. And they need that kind of caliber of player. Well, those guys are dwindling. Remember, everybody was excited about Zach Levine? He's going to sign. Why would Bradley Beal leave the Wizards? They're going to offer him the Bird Max. That's $50 million more guaranteed dollars. He's going to turn down $50 million to play with a mid-tier franchise? Are you guys insane? If if the Suns are moving Aiton in a sign and trade, what does that tell you about a guy who is a core piece of a championship? The Suns are ready to win the NBA title, and they're going to lose one of their stars in a couple years. What does it tell you about what kind of guy or player DeAndre Aiton is if the Suns say, yeah, we'll give him up in a sign and trade? and we'll let him go, we'll bring back some assets, but they're ready to win the NBA title now. What does that tell you? Doesn't that tell you something? That the guy who's the number one overall pick, would be, they'd be willing to let him go, that they're trying to build around with Booker and Paul and try to go make one more run, that they let him go? That should tell you something. Th- there's a There's a reason why a guy like that, that's a restricted free agent, would be allowed to leave a championship-caliber organization after all the rumor of he can't get along with this guy, doesn't that tell you something? That should tell you about where some of these guys are. And remember, people wanted Zion. Well, he's about to sign his max with the Pelicans. That pool of players who can make a big difference is shrinking rapidly. And I've said on here, I don't want to trade just to say we traded. I don't want to add a bunch of salary just to say, well, look, we added these guys. Are these guys going to be difference makers? When I look up in the standings and I go on to ESPN.com and click the NBA standings, are we going to be a better organization? Or are we going to be a team that is ready to contend? Or are we going to say, well, we got the luxury tax, we spent a bunch of money, but what are we? These have to make sense. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about John Collins because he is running rampant in the trade and rumor and innuendo and speculation business. But it's got to make sense, even if I'm giving up a piece like that. We'll talk about that next. It's John Chuck. here. It's hitting hard on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back into Hitting Hard with John Chucker here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, reminding you head over to youtube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you find our page, subscribe to it. Leave us a comment. Of course, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Odyssey, any of your favorites. Leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you think about the show. And of course, follow me on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. So we're talking about the Hawks and the direction and what Travis Schlank had to say to Jeff Schultz. One guy who has been at the center of All of the, as we like to say in the wrestling world, rumor and innuendo has been John Collins. Now, Collins entering his sixth year in the NBA. So through his first five years in the NBA, John is basically a 17 and eight player. Do I think that John Collins can be a number two piece on a championship team? No, I will tell you that I don't think he is a good enough player to be a second star that can win an NBA title. Do I think that John Collins could be a number three piece on a championship team? Yes, I do think that he could be that. Now, if you're talking about trading John Collins, which let me say it like this. I am not afraid or opposed of moving John Collins along and trading him, but it's got to be a deal that makes sense. And I'm getting some good assets back in return for it. You know, he's been linked to deals involving the Sacramento Kings, the Portland Trailblazers, you know, some of these organizations that aren't so good, where you're talking about either getting back a draft pick or you're talking about getting a bunch of mid-level guy like Sacramento. I saw a deal that said Harrison Barnes. What do I want those guys for? Like what what like how does that help this franchise? Why am I giving up $25 million a year? Just to say that we dump salary, that makes no sense whatsoever. If I'm, I have pieces I can dump for salary. Gallinari is a guy who is going to make 20 some odd million dollars that in a couple of weeks when we get to the new league year, I can, I can walk away from him for $5 million and save money that way. Or I can, you know, trade a Bogdanovich who's got only two years left on his contract and save some money. He's almost $20 million a year. I, there, there's ways that I can reduce my salary without giving up value for it. Why, why do you think the, the Sacramento, the, as I like to call them, the Sacramento Queens, why do think they want to give up the Harrison Barnes and all that people? Like if I'm not getting back the number four draft pick for John Collins, then what am I making that trade for? Now, if we start to talk about John Collins and what he's worth and this, any other, here's where I, I, I struggle with all of this. So you mean to tell me that the Hawks, they had an unrestricted, they had a restricted free agent in John Collins that they gave a five, what was it, five for 125 deal to, $25 million a year. So you're telling me that they gave him that deal so that in one year later, they could trade him away for a draft pick or to the Sacramento Kings? Is that really what you're telling me? That's really what they signed him to that deal for. Now, if I can trade John Collins and get me a superstar caliber player, if I can get me a Donovan Mitchell, or even let's say if Bradley Beal was available, which I don't believe that he is, but let's say, okay, now now that makes a little bit more sense. But the idea of giving him up for either to move up in the draft or for a bunch of mid-tier kinds of guys what sense does that make? What, what was the point of signing him to a five-year extension for the money that they gave him to in one year later say Asta Lasagna don't get any Anya? For Harrison Barnes and you're not gonna win with those guys. Well, they're not winning now with Collins. I agree. They're not, he's not a number two piece. But you mean to tell me that if I couldn't add again? We're, we're we're going pie in the sky theory. If I could add a Beal or a uh, Donovan Mitchell in there, and let's say if I have a threesome of Trey, Mitchell, Collins, Capella, now I have to go find a wing, right? That I can't do some damage in the Eastern Conference with that? I absolutely could. Absolutely could. And Collins can be a big piece to all of that. And look, it's funny. In Atlanta, there are a lot of people who just don't like John. I mean, there are certain athletes in Atlanta that, for whatever reason, people are just never going to buy into them, right? There's, there's a whole section of the fan base that never bought into Matt Ryan. Doesn't matter. 57,000 yards, go to the Super Bowl, MVP, you know, the best player in the history of the Falcons, most important draft pick ever, most important player in the history. Doesn't matter. He won Michael Vick. John Collins has got that same thing in Atlanta. Well, he's not this and not that. Okay, how many 18 and eight guys or 17 and eight guys are running around the league? And I understand 25, by the way, $25 million is not max money. That's that's what, that's what Gobert and that's what DeAndre Ayton and that's what those guys get and want. You know, the 40, 42, 43, 45 million, that ain't the same as 25. Just about doubling your money is not the same as saying near max. No, Max would have been 40 plus million, like what Beal is going to get in Washington, what Levine is going to get in Chicago. That's Max money. And then you get into the super max, like what Trey has got, right? Who just picked up $35 million out of thin air because he made an all NBA team. So Collins for honestly, what he gives you is not a, you know, a uh, albatross around your neck for all of it. And if I'm going to give him up and I'm in the winning business, then I got to get something for him. Now, look, Collins has plenty of flaws. One is he doesn't stay healthy enough. One is he's not on the court enough. That frustrates the crap out of me. That's a suspension. It's an injury. It's this. It's that. Okay. Stay on the court. I mean, but again, there's, I can run down. We talked about Donovan Mitchell. Okay. He can't stay on the court at times. You know, that there's a lot of those kinds of guys that, unfortunately, that you start looking at saying, okay, well, what? how many, how many games am I going to get out of some of these guys? Collins is one of those guys that I understand. There's a lot of people that don't like him, and, and he does have flaws in his games. Can he go out there and create enough of his own track? No, I know that, but he can help you win, but I don't have a problem if you want to move on from Collins, but tell me that the deal makes sense. Don't come to me with some deal from the Sacramento Queens, for God's sakes, with Harrison Barnes and people like that, that aren't going to do me any better, that aren't going to make me a better team and a better organization, and are going to just magically turn the fortunes around. That doesn't help me at all. If I trade John Collins, I have to get something back. He has to be part of a bigger package. And if you want to tell me that's that's a three-team trade, fine. I, I I'm not giving up John Collins just to say that we made a trade and a change. And I don't think that the Hawks gave John Collins five for 125 to say one year later, well, this isn't any good. This we got to blow this up. This 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 is this, this, this didn't work itself out. We got to move on from all that. Well, like what organization that's got a half a brain in their head does that? It doesn't mean that Collins won't be moved, but you think they signed him to a, that extension? Hell, they could have. They could have signed and traded him. They could have not matched any offer that a team gave to him. They could have walked away. How do you think the? How do you think the uh, Hawks got uh, Bogdanovich? The Sacramento Queens, remember them? They said, "Nah, you know what? We're not going to match that number, Bowie He can go walk and whatever." Okay. And he came here. So, I, I don't have an issue with if you want to move John Collins. What I do have an issue with, though, is just trading him for the sake of trading him. And whether you like Collins or not, or this, that, and the other, he can be a part of my organization. He can help me win. He was an important piece into why this team a couple of years ago was in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I had somebody last night telling me, oh, well, he's regressing, regressing. I mean, he's five years into the league. He hasn't even hit his prime. He hasn't even, he hasn't even hit his best years, right? Look look at, look at Golden State and Boston, those teams. Those guys aren't hitting their prime until they're 27, 28 years old. Collins right now, you know, again, he's 24. These guys haven't hit their prime. How do we know what they're going to be? Five years into your NBA career ain't a whole lot. It ain't a whole bunch. So if you want to move Collins, I can be in that conversation, but don't tell me about draft picks or Harrison Barnes or guys like that. Give me something that's going to make my franchise better. If I'm going to give you something, I got to make sure I get something back that's going to help me as well. It has to be a win-win type of mentality if I'm going to trade one of my better players and my better assets. All right, when we come back, we are going to take a look at, uh, as we're getting ready toward Falcons training camp here in, I guess, less than a month. Uh, from right now. What are my top three battles in training camp this year coming up? We'll talk about that next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckree on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Welcome back into Hitting Hard with John Chuckree on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Asking you to head over to youtube.com, put Locked on Sports Atlanta into your search browser, subscribe to our channel there, leave us a comment. Of course, free and available also on all of your favorite pad- podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey. You can find us there. And of course, follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH 316. A little bit less than a month away now from Falcons training camp. And if you go to LanaFalcons.com, you can check out all of the available dates. They got all kinds of dates that you can go out and watch practices weekdays, weekends. They'll have the practice session at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So Falcons are going to be very open to people being there and getting a chance to watch them this year. So as we head into training camp, what are the battles that I am looking forward to most? Where am I going to be focusing my attention most? I know the easy one to say, and it's not in my top three. The easy one to say is the quarterback position. Oh, Mariota, Ritter, and all this, that, and the other. This is my thought about the quarterback position. Unless Ritter has this Russell Wilson type of jump and leap immediately, great preseason, great camp practice, oh, Mariota is going to be the starter. They brought Mariota in because of his familiarity with Arthur Smith's offense, and he's going to have every chance. I'd put it at less than 20% chance that Ritter is going to be the quarterback to start the season. And as we explained on this show, why do I want to put Desmond Ritter in a bad situation behind a bad offensive line? Why would I want to put him in that? You ever see Tim Couch? Did you see David Carr? You know, you don't want your quarterback playing with an army helmet because he has to run for his life and duck, dodge, dip, dive, dip, doop, doop behind a bad offensive line. So Ritter will get his chance to play because Mariota will not survive 17 weeks because he never has before. When, when he was in Tennessee and they had Conklin and Llewellyn and all these all pro guys up front, he didn't survive there. He ain't gonna survive here with these guys you know. behind it. But I'm not for Desmond Ritter starting right away. It's not a knock against the kid. I just don't think that this team has to go in and rush a rookie quarterback. And especially a guy that wasn't looked at as a, you know, again, Trevor Lawrence and guys like that are a different breed, right? When they come out of the league, you feel like that they're NFL ready, or you wouldn't draft them number one overall. You know, Ritter is a reason why he dropped to the third round. He's a talented kid. He's my favorite draft pick, but I just don't need to rush him. So I don't have quarterback in my top three. So my top three battles for training camp coming up, number one, right tackle. Now, I think there's three guys in the mix for this. I think Mayfield will get a little bit of a look. It's Jermaine Effetti, and it's obviously the incumbent Caleb McGarry. When you talk about guys who are not locks on this roster, Caleb McGarry is one of those guys, and we explained before. Look, this this front office didn't draft him. This coaching staff didn't draft him. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They're not tied into Caleb McGarry at all, and they brought Effetti in, another former first-round pick, who he's bounced around the league as well. I think he's on his third team in five or six years or whatever like that. Not that he's some big upgrade over Caleb McGarry, but if it's like that Spider-Man meme, right? And we're going to talk about another position here in a second. That's sort of the same thing, right? That Spider-Man meme where the Spider-Man's pointing to one another. Hey, you, 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 we're the same thing, right? There, It's like we're looking in a mirror or whatever like that. Fetty's sort of like that, if if McGarry's maybe a little bit better runbacker, Fetty's a little bit better pass blocker. And that's how they balance themselves out there. Now, Mayfield would be interesting because, and either Mayfield is going to be your starting right tackle or your starting left guard. I, I don't think there's much doubt about it. So I'm not, I'm not, left guard's not even in my list as well, because if, it, if it's not right tackle, then they're going to make shift and, and they're going to play either Mayfield at left guard or if he won the right tackle spot. They'll put a Fetty or Wilkinson or one of those guys at left guard. There won't be really much of a battle out of all of it. But right tackle is an incredibly intriguing battle because they aren't set there. You have one of the worst right tackles in the NFL now and a former first round pick that is desperately trying to find his next contract in the NFL. You know, being in the NFL is a lot better than not being in the NFL. And if Caleb McGarry starts and has another bad season, Ain't going to be many teams coming knocking on his door saying, eh, you know, right tackle? I don't know. Now, maybe he finds life inside in an interior offensive line, but that right tackle battle, whether it's Mayfield, Afedi, Caleb McGarry, I'm going to very much be looking forward to that. And to me, that's the most important battle that I'm going to watch. Second, the center spot. Remember how I brought up the Spider-Man meme? You, 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 me, 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 me. That's the center position. I'm not overly excited for either guy because it's either going to be Matt Hennessy or Drew Dahlman. What's the difference? This organization drafted, uh, when I say this organization, this front office and coaching staff drafted Drew Dahlman. They didn't draft Matt Hennessy. And say what you will, but in the NFL, when you're talking about front office and egos and all this kind of stuff, it's, was he my guy that I drafted or is he somebody? Now look, yeah, if you have a, you know, if you have a, you know, if you have Chris Lindstrom or you know, Jake Matthews, you'd be a fool to just move on for them for the sake of moving on for them. But when you have a guy in Matt Hennessy, who couldn't do much of anything last year, and you know, again, remember we talked about he graded out. There's only he was like the fifth worst pass block lineman looked at going into this year. Okay, like you don't have to have a, a great backup or another great guy to have a competition with when you have a guy that was that bad last year. The problem with Drew Dahlman, to me, is he and Matt Hennessy profile the same. At the end of the day, they're two very smart players who are undersized. And you can talk about this and that and all. They're both undersized guys. They're both under 300-pound guys anchoring in the middle of your offensive line. If you have Hennessy or Dahlman, most likely either one of those guys ends up with the same result. They're going to get pushed around. By the good defensive linemen in the NFL. <laughs> the, the Eagles and these teams that have these good defensive lines, the Buccaneers, gonna push your guys around. So that's gonna be interesting just from the standpoint of do they think Hennessy has made a big enough jump that he should continue to be the starter? And I think part of the reason that he was the starter last year is just the incumbent. It's just at least he had some experience, a little bit of time, not much, but a little bit more time than Dalman did. Okay, Dolman played a little bit last year. You have a full off-season's worth of workouts. You get another full training camp, and you can compete with those. Those guys can compete with one another. But I'll say again, at the end of the day, those two guys are the Spider-Man meme. You, you, me, 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 you, you, me, them, yes, us, we, we. It, it's the same guy. They're going to profile out the same. I don't feel better about either one of those guys if if they play. I I, I don't have an opinion about which one I think is better because – I look at him and I'm like, okay, well, that guy's the same as that guy. And they're the same. That's number two. Third is going to be the inside linebacker position. So inside linebacker has a lot of intrigue. First thing that has to be figured out is, will Deion Jones be here or will he not be here? That will be the single biggest storyline of training camp is, is Debo here? Not here? Do they move him? Do they trade him? Do they cut him? Do they do something with him? It won't be long before Debo is coming back and rehabbing from the shoulder surgery. And again, we explained, perfect timing, right? You can run OTAs and practices because, oh, well, he's recovering. So you don't have to answer questions about Debo because he had his surgery, it's a quick cleanup process, and we don't have to answer any questions about him until we get into training camp. And then the fire starts, right? So what you do with Debo is gonna be one big question. And then from there, who's gonna emerge? Rashawn Evans with troy anderson that they drafted michael walker you know there's a bunch of guys that are intriguing but you don't feel like any of those guys are as of right now the true answer to what you want to do and i asked this question who's going to lead this team in tackles you know the last four years the past two seasons have been the two years before that was devondre campbell to go back to, what, 2017, the year after the Super Bowl, when Deion Jones led this team in tackles. So at least for the last five years, it's been an interior linebacker, but you don't have Foyer, you don't have Devondre Campbell, so you're looking at that and saying, who's going to lead this team? So that inside linebacker position is going to be very intriguing, because you have to figure about Debo, and you have to figure out what these other guys can be. So right tackle, center, inside linebacker that's my top three i'm going to watch when we get in the training camp all right we thank you so much for making hitting hard with john chuckley your first listen we ask you to make a to z with mark Zeno your second listen every day of course mark is back doing uh, atlanta and giving you his opinions Takes you may not like, but you know you got to hear. You can find him on our YouTube page, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Subscribe to our page there. Of course, he's also free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you think about the show. And, of course, I ask you to follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We will be back with you tomorrow as we inch closer to the NBA draft. This has been hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta.